equal share, every man. Back to your posts. We leave in an hour. По местам через час отходим. Jesus Christ, why? Because they're risking their lives. Yeah, but they would risk their lives for a flat fee. Just toss them the scraps, is that it? What are you talking about? Look, that doesn't have to... What does that have to do with anything? Listen, Robinson, we're going to be on this sub with these men, and it's going to be full of gold, right? What happens when one of them starts to figure out that their share gets bigger, when there is less people to... Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 137. Wow. And my name is wow. Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Robert Todd Leichner. What? Whoa. Robert Todd Leichner's here. But you should actually go by that because directors sound cooler when they have yeah, their when full. Yeah, when they have like the full name. Like, or you could be or like, like Robert T. Robert R.T. Leichner. How about Robert T.T. Leichner? R.T. Leichner. That's actually dope. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news. Two items, juicy ones, interesting. But we're here to review Mother from Darren Aronofsky. Have you put your lives back together after this complete debauchery it was it's of a film. It's definitely layered. Are you it's complex. Have, are, are you okay? Are you shaking? Yeah, is, I'm back. Yeah. Back for more. This is fucked up. People walked out of mine. Yeah, people walked out of our screen, I think, as Did well. Did they walk out yeah. of ours? Yeah. Okay, wow. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Tune In Radio. Uh, Stitcher, fuck Stitcher. <laughs> we're we're basically wherever you like to get your podcasts. Po- podcast software of your choice. Our website is verticalviewing.com. That is where our PayPal button lives. If you want to have a one-night stand Press with it. the podcast, uh, just like Sieben did. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you very much for the donation from Sieben. Uh, you can go to verticalviewing.com just like he did. Donate anything. One cent. It's one, all... One million cents. Always appreciated. Bitcoin, one million cents would be cool. Dogecoin coming soon, rather. But yeah. if you want to become a, a long-term patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Nice. There you can become a hydrogen, helium, or oh, lithium level supporter yeah, of the, the show. that's the top level, man. Yeah. At the top levels, too, you get to uh, kind of order us around a little bit, right? You get to suggest a film to review. Uh, last week, we put up our review of Clockwork Orange. Oh, wow. Get into it. Patreon.com okay, slash... I've got, a, I've got a film I want you to review. Well, yeah. you got to sign up at Patreon.com. That's the only way, Rob. Slash vertical viewing. I can't tell you right now which film I want us to well, review. Probably well, probably. Well, you can, but the yeah. only way for us to actually do that is... Well, we're telling you right now. <laughs> you go to www.patreon.com. What is the film? Tell us. Okay. Paris, Texas. Okay, starring uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Yes, I've been talking about this for a long time. We need to review it, and now... May he rest in peace. He died on us. I know. We have to do it. On the verge of seeing Lucky as well. Okay, well, Rob, you know where to go uh, if you want us to review this film you suggested. I can say it again. It's patreon.com slash for Yay. Yeah. Pantone.com? Pantone? Uh, there's, there's also a ton of stuff. Color of the years. Greenery. The, <laughs> yep. the back catalog has a ton of goodies. There's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal love letters. You got reviews of prisoners. We talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. There's reviews of Chappie. There's reviews of Nightcrawler. There's Aussie walkabouts. Oh, there's Dune. David Lynch's Dune is a particularly 
good episode. Yeah, because that movie's weird. Yeah. Superman Returns is all... Like, there's so much good stuff on Patreon.com just for the patrons. Uh, for so little, you yeah. can get access. Pretty so amazing. check it out. Uh, our website, verticalviewing.com. Like I said, verticalviewing at gmail.com. Twitter at verticalviewing. Stay away from the Instagram. It's, it's a disaster area. It's just help fun. us with it. Yeah, you can go. You can follow us on Instagram. Yeah, but bu- unless busted. you do that, you won't see our goods. Um, however, you can go to iTunes and leave us a review, though. That helps more than our Instagram would ever help. So, leave us a review and maybe a recipe. We used to do that all the time. So you could still, if you wanted to, yeah. but grilled cheese recipes. Just check it out. Write us like all the stars. Five-star review on iTunes, vertical viewing. That actually helps more than you would know, because you get onto that new and notable page. Yeah, and strangers listen to the show. What? What's this? Oh, it's awesome. You know. And then they are vertical viewers for life. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, on with the show, unless there's no more housekeeping that we need to do. No? I don't all think clean. So. We're all clean. Oh, That's nice. Dust-free. Brad, what's happening? Have uh, you finally? Wa- I, I don't think we've heard from you in quite a while. It's, I'm I'm pretty heavily loaded, but let's see. Besides uh, the occasional couple of minutes of Paw Patrol or Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is an excellent uh, child's program, oh, I must yeah. say. Let if you're a fan, if you're yeah. a fan of uh, Mr. Rogers, then Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, get into it. No, um, I watched a couple episodes of uh, Preacher, but only season two. Uh, I I realized I have them on my PVR, and I wanted to eventually get caught up. So I watched a, a couple of these. This show is so wacky, but it's great. Um, these ones were more like the comics that I've read, so I was excited. Um, but they I, were. I also, don't hear a lot of discussion about the show. No, yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't either. I know it came out, and I mean, Chris Hardwick does the uh, Talking Preacher show, but I, that. I don't know if that AMC, means anything. AMC's really into these post Well, he did Talking shows. Dead. Yeah, like hype, people hype like, shows afterwards. People like weird. Walking Dead and then Talking Dead. This is That's really but weird to me. I, I, don't, I don't like Talking Preacher. It doesn't work. And you don't need to talk about it like the... Anyways. I'm surprised HBO doesn't have something Maybe we can like get our own, our own show where yeah. we talk after about something. Wait, we should talk about movies that come out. Uh, is, is, should we do some sort of cast that you pod or something? Yeah, that sounds like an idea. Hmm. We should get some other people that are lesser known than us to do a thing about this after <laughs> it's done. Yes, yes. Hey? I like that. Uh, um, but yeah, but besides, Talking vertical. <laughs> besides a couple episodes of Preacher, um, which is kind of gory and great, um, that's it for me. Okay, Man. that's that's about it. You're, yeah. you're a big fan of this property. Uh, the original graphic novel series is uh, dear to my heart. Is the show doing justice overall? Are people upset? What's the pulse of Preacher fans right now? Um, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but personally, I was concerned when there were some really clear differences right during the first season. Um, I wondered how that was going to affect things going down the line. And so far, it hasn't really... I mean... There's a lot missing with Jesse's backstory, but we might have we have time for for them to get into that. Um, Jesse being the preacher, uh, Jesse Custer. Um, there's a whole thing in the the graphic novel about him being raised in this really horrible family, uh, where you know his mother was the only one that loved him, and she was married into this terrible clan that once the father died or the husband died. Uh, 
the preacher's father, that is, she was horribly abused and mistreated and life was just miserable for them both. And you, and you get an idea of why he's this sort of criminal type. But, and that's one of the first things that you get in the graphic novel and that hasn't been covered in the series. And I always... Until now. Well, so I don't know. I'm not okay, cut up. Okay, I get you. All right. But, preacher, uh, everybody. AMC's yeah. Preacher. Is Seth Rogen still running this yes, thing? Yes, that's right. still his thing. And Evan Goldberg. I shouldn't leave Michael Sarah out of this. <laughs> uh, Rob, what have you got? Have you got any goodies that you've been watching well, recently? Um, have you prepared yourself watching, to be on this podcast? Yeah, I've been watching uh, Amazon Prime. I'm trying to get my money's worth in Amazon Prime. So I've been watching Catastrophe, the Rob Delaney uh, sitcom. Which is into the third season now. What? And He's funny. Delaney. So it's yeah, about yeah. a guy who goes to England. Uh, he's a ad man, and he goes to England, and he gets you know goes out and uh, meets this woman as a one night stand. She gets pregnant. He ends up they keep keep the baby. They get married, and it's about their lives together in England. She's British. He's American, and uh, they're like two people that are very ill equipped to have children. They end up having two, and uh, his mother is played by um, uh, Princess Leia. Um, why can't I remember? Carrie uh, Fisher, exactly. Yeah. But she... So and uh, but then she died. So the third season was filmed, and it and we're gonna obviously address that in the fourth season when it comes out. Huh? Uh, but she's an awesome, like, uh, terrible mother. It yeah. it seems like she was getting a lot of work at the end of her. I know, like, which sucks. Well, I mean, she like died, she, but uh, like she hadn't done anything. drug overdose. Um, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, she hadn't been in anything for twenty five years and stuff, and then she started working. She again. wrote a book or something, yeah. just like a tell all, right? Got and a cute dog with a dumb tongue. Documentary with her mother, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. But anyways, the TV show is really hilarious, and it's very dark comedy. And the woman that um, Sharon Horgan, who plays his wife, is a very hilarious, very attractive, very hilarious British woman. So this is a decent show. I don't think yeah, I've ever even it's really heard good. Of this I one. mean, you know, I don't have kids. I don't ever want to have kids. So I'm not normally watching things about parents that have kids. But there, it is awesome. It's really good, and their friends are great. Um, remember Extras, the TV show, Ricky Gervais, his best friend, the yeah. woman that played his best friend is one of the main characters in this, like a side character. Her name is Ashley Jensen. She plays Fran and she's very good in this too. And it's, uh, you know, it's a mix of uh, American and British humor. I, lo- I really love it. Cool. All yeah, right. So I finished that. I watched two documentaries this last week. I watched Oasis Supersonic which is the same team that did Amy mm-hmm. and I found it it was a really good documentary because it wasn't more it wasn't really about Oasis as much as it was a, it, about the time that they became famous between 91 and 95 the pre-internet era and how uh-huh. you could still do that huge uh you know push on an album before the internet sort of diluted everything into you know all these subgenres and like when everyone sort of listened to the same bands before everyone, everything got, sort of got splintered yeah. into many, many genres. Everybody loved "What's the Story," "Morning Glory." Yeah, right? it was like yeah, a, Wonderwall. It was right? like, like a you know. A everyone loves that album. Generation defining album, or whatever. Yeah. And these guys are almost too hapless, like almost like uh, you know what idiot savants, like bumbling around. They don't and even they like wrote, each other. Yeah, I know, I calling each other potatoes and shit. And they wrote these amazing songs. And you watch this documentary, and like, why did the gods of creativity gift them with such amazing songs because these guys are not the people 
that you you know if there's a deity out there and saying we're going to give these two assholes who hate each other who are like you know misanthropes you know like these amazing songs it's it's kind of a weird if there is a god he's a fucking idiot so they're not the uh the like rock stars that people might imagine no and and they're not that great live from at least what tim has told me i mean i think it's noel or liam just he 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 puts his arm behind his back and sort of holds his elbow backwards awkwardly and just sort of leans into the mic and yeah he doesn't even walk around the stage from what i understand he he doesn't do any exciting he doesn't do any performing glad i paid hundred dollars yeah. for this ticket and these stands are at the mic the least ambitious people you'd ever meet too <laughs> they i mean um noel gallagher was content to be a guitar tech for a, a third wave manchester band uh in spiral carpets that like he said this is the pinnacle of my success and then his brother the next week says oh uh you want to join our band uh we heard you got a few songs and then from the word go they became like Famous, like because uh, Alan McGee, who owned Creation Records, saw them after their first gig and signed them, and it was like it, just a weird story about you know being in the right place at the right. Saw time. them on the old Ed Sullivan show. So this sounds like a cool documentary. It's good. Yeah, it's, yeah. I said it's the same people who did the Amy documentary, which it's is all, all which is great found footage. It's not no new interviews. It's all like there's audio uh, interviews, but all the visuals are from the era. Oh, cool! Not cool. it only takes place from ninety one to ninety five. They. They, after what's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah. They stopped the documentary. Well, that's a way to stop mattering after yeah, that. Yeah. Point. You know, it's like who cares? Yeah, after right? That point? Fair yeah. enough. I Does, can't do, you, do you know any songs after the mid '90s or whatever for them? No, not really. So, anyways, I would recommend that the second documentary I saw was the Robert Maplethorpe documentary the HBO did, and that is a really good documentary because it's about you know the '70s New York, basically about artists and. The interesting thing about that, he was a photographer. Before Robert Maplethorpe came around, um, photography was considered a second-rate art. You couldn't make any money off it. You know, painters, sculptors, they were the, you know, uh, premier, you know, people who were making money. So he started off doing Polaroids, and then he started doing, like, um, you know, getting the uh, Hasselblad camera, the medium format photos. But he was just friends with everyone that was cool. Like Patty Smith, he was friends with, you know, the talking heads, Deborah, Deborah Harry, like everyone that mattered in the music scene and in the literary scene. And he became like this huge phenomenon. It's called look at the pictures. The yeah. Do- I believe documentary. So. Uh, it's, and it's HBO produced it in May, 2015, I think 2016. Yeah. yeah looks like, yeah. so anyways, it's a very well done documentary and it basically talks once again, like the Oasis one, it's more about the era that he, you know, kind of came up in and this dude wants to be Mick Jagger, I think. Yeah. And he was a very handsome guy and Walk he, seagulls. but he had all these very provocative pictures, like sexually provocative. There's the most famous uh, picture of him is where he has a bull whip in his ass and he <laughs> takes a photo of himself. Fuck. And uh, okay. he's art, quote he, unquote. Yeah. So after that, um, Jesse Helms had this, um, I guess, court case where they went after an art gallery, showed his, um, uh, you know, photos posthumously because he died of AIDS in like 1985. And they were saying, is this art or is this pornography? And there's a huge case. And ever since then, uh, Robert Maplethorpe's photos have been worth like so much money. Oh, yeah. Like, if you have a Robert Maplethorpe photo, it's worth at least a hundred thousand dollars. Like, it's uh. insane. Yeah, I got one. 
guys. I, I got a picture of I got one. Uh myself with a <laughs> No you don't. Please don't with. even finish that yeah. sentence. Please. <laughs> uh did you is that on Netflix? Where'd you uh, that was on um That was like at the library? On, on demand on uh, You found it at the library. Tell right? TV. It's like HBO on demand. Okay. So if you have HBO Go or nice. whatever <clears throat> in the States, all the people listen to us in the States. Okay. HBO Go. You said you were you have Amazon. Uh, Amazon do you have Prime. any plans to watch the tick? Yes, I really want. I like the tick when it was came out before. I want to watch the tick now. Fantastic! Please, so I can't next, wait to hear next your take on my list. Excellent. Uh, I watched a couple things. Unless Rob, do you have anything else? The only other thing I've seen is the Deuce. The first episode oh, of yeah. the Deuce, the HBO series, James it's Franco, really right? good. It's like the people that did the Wire and Treme, and yeah. it's like you know we just saw Vinyl, which was a terrible homage to the 70s music world done by Scorsese. And, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So this uh, is James Franco's a pimp, right? Is that he's training? Why have I not heard Becoming this? a pimp? Is well, that, this is sounds a, awesome. This <laughs> the first episode. He's a bartender, but he has aspirations to do other pimping. things. Some pimping. So he will Pimps eventually start pimping. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it. She plays a prostitute. Um, it's, you know, watching the first episode, well done. Like, this is a, this is going to be a good show. It's just the first episode. There's no false moves at all. Whereas like vinyl, that first episode of that, I was like, mm, maybe yeah, that thing crash and burn, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, it all right. The costumes don't look like you know they're trying to look like the seventies. It's not the cheap. It, it's the production values are amazing. Acting is great. Story looks like it's going somewhere. So I think everyone should watch the Deuce. Uh, the screenshots I have seen just look. Oh yeah, nice and sweet, slick, golden nineteen seventy shit. Yeah, it looks really good. Franco yeah. sporting a nice curl on that stash, waxed up. It looks good. Second nice. episode is tonight. I'll watch it. You know, when Sounds I get intriguing. Okay, I watched a couple things, guys. Lay it on us. They're good. What are they? Mm, first, well, okay, wait. First, I don't, I, I don't know what to go with first here. Ooh, they're like okay. So first, the good news and then the bad news. Well. No, bad news first. Oh. Bad news first. Okay. Okay, so I watched Black Sea starring Jude Law. Black Sea? Okay. Directed by Kevin McDonald. This is the chap who did Touching the Void. Have you fellas seen Touching... Last King of Scotland? Yeah, he did Last King of Scotland as well. I've seen that one. That's a fucked up movie. Touching the Void is a docudrama about two climbers in South America who just get fucked up on a mountain. And it is one of my favorite documentaries ever. It is so gripping. The guy is uh, hanging off this cliff and he cuts him loose and he's trapped and... Oh man, touching Wait, is it is it like reenacted parts of it? It's reenacted a lot of it, but it's that's which sounds bad. No, I think I've seen it. It's a brilliant movie, man. Touching yeah. the Void is marvelous. Like he thinks that he's sort of killed he's going, his... he's going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, they both it... they both come down separately and they don't know each other's fates and stuff. And they're both just mangled when they yeah. get it's, like it's, absolutely it's yeah. mind-blowing. You've seen it. Yeah. It's cool. Uh this guy has transitioned Kevin McDonald into more standard dramatic films, mm-hmm. which leads us to Black Sea, 2013. Not so good. Starring Jude Law. Now, the, the, the real selling point of, besides being a submarine movie, which if you like sub-movies... That's a one point. Yeah, that's it's, it's a good sub-movie. Jude Law is also a point. And Jude Law is just sinking his teeth into the butterscotch of a thick like Edinburgh accent or something. Like he oh. is just 
rolling those hearts. <laughs> like, uh, it's fun to watch Jude Law beat up a Scottish accent. Um, so the story here, there's a, a U-boat sunken in the Black Sea near uh, Ukraine, like Sevastopol. Mm-hmm. Bunch of gold in the bottom of this this U-boat. Uh, no, of no, course. No one knows about every, it. Every submarine has yeah. lots of gold in it. Yeah, yeah. Full of gold. So private expedition, typical sort of, oh, we got to put a team together. Team includes Ben Mendelsohn. Oh. This is going to be the best movie ever. Is this greasy Ben Mendelsohn or is this Star Wars Ben Mendelsohn? Well, is there any? Let me see what I wrote here. Uh, Ben fucking Mendelsohn being a monster again. So is there any? He's a monster, yes. Can he not look like he's on crack? Well, even in Star Wars, you I imagine he, him saying that he's like they put a suit on a uh, like a grease ball, basically. <laughs> I feel did. like he is always Ben Mendelsohn is always shifty, and it looks like he's hiding some sort of strange drug addiction. Yeah, or even in interviews I've seen with him, he's shifting in his seat, and oh. he's, he's a strange when he guy. Does, when he does weird, audio, like his voice, he can do the the scariest villain. Like, really, he licks his lips like some reptile. He's. Oh. Amazing and uh, so good. So basically, they this is a British expedition in Soviet waters, right, to raise this German U boat, uh, and they're doing it all covertly. And so they're fishermen. Well, they're doing it with a, with a mixed team here, right? With we're some, an international squad of fishermen. There's some <laughs> Russians on this submarine expedition, and they're crabbers. Some. Scottish, you know, some British. It's basically this dividing line is now drawn here. Codfish, get the fuck out of here, please. That's done. Okay. Um, so there's like this strange, not even strange, this back and forth between these two countries now, right? This like tension, if you will, on the boat between British and Russian nationalists uh-uh. that bubbles over. Ben Mendelssohn fucks some dudes up. Uh, like in in some action sequences. Well, there's some great action sequences in this, yeah. Cool. But it, it 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 turns into a little more of like a mutiny thing, I guess, with sort of the two sides battling it out, and then the sub actually crashes down to the bottom of the ocean, and they need a new drive shaft. Oh my god, that's so terrifying. The, the mission kind of is compromised. Oh no, we need a new drive shaft for our sub, or else we're all going to die in this thing. But wait. That Nazi U-boat is actually right over there, and we can actually modify the drive shaft of this sunken U-boat to fix our submarine and get the fuck out of here. Do they have, like, a scuba team that can, like, get over there? It's in 90 meters of water. So it's not, like, I don't so think it'll kill they you. swim. Not super deep. Yeah, yeah. They're swimming on the bottom. What? In some tank, like, they have, like, you know, some scuba suits they're not some, like in skin diving situation but uh, is this movie intense there's some awesome action sequences man are you on the edge of your seat yeah yeah how come it, this is the first time i've ever heard of it because yeah because it uh shits the bed in the final act here oh, is what i wrote okay it. it actually he wrote that folks yeah yeah uh but it is suspenseful as fuck apparently according to my notes here <laughs> um it's treasure of sierra madre in a submarine right so you have this this these two teams who now are in a life or death situation we got to get this we got to repair our sub to get out of there however we're going to be on the other submarine and 
let's be honest, we're going to try to get some of that gold. Well, that's the, thing, the, like, the gold's going to be sitting right next to this drive shaft. We're just going to grab some of it. Yeah, the gold compartment is right next to the drive shaft compartment. So when we're fixing the boat, can we also get the gold kind of thing? It just makes sense, Captain. Guys, and those, there's a great action sequence that's sort of out of a James Cameron kind of thing where there's this... They're raising the bar? Well, no, it's it's between the two subs. There's this trolley, this wagon uh, with tons of gold on it, which is weighs tons and they're trying to yank it back and on the sub they know because it's so weighed down like oh clearly there's more than just the drive shaft on the end of this rig that we're hauling in those fucking dicks they got the gold there's so much gold on here and there's like the on the edge of this sort of cliff that they're sliding it's really good stuff we have to let the gold go otherwise we're doomed but it just scatters itself, shits the bed in the finale. I don't even remember the last 10 minutes. Like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> the reason why you don't know about this movie is because I, I mean, I've seen it. I don't know about it. <laughs> that, well, I mean, at this very point. Very bad sign. <laughs> like by 2013, there have been so many classic submarine movies. If you do a submarine movie, you really got to do something different and something yeah, remarkable. And it doesn't Otherwise, do. Otherwise, no one will care. It, it's fun, though. I mean, it's a fine movie. I, I'm not. It's not bad in any way. It's a nice Netflix toss-on, for sure. I mean, if you want something that's a cross between Crimson Tide, The Abyss, almost, and Treasure of Sierra Madre, then okay. go go for Bla- uh, Black... Black Sea? Black is there anything sea. like sorcerer? Anything like sorcerer at all? Uh, yeah, there's some sorcerer shit going on. That's actually. a really good movie. Yeah, that's the, one of the greatest films of all time. Apparently, Stephen King called Sorcerer his favorite movie ever. That's high what? praise. You're a good this. guy, Steve. Stephen King. I like you, Steve. Um, wow. I watched. I watched one other thing, guys. Yes, this is the. This is the good thing. Good news. Now, this is a film. I have seen before, but I haven't seen recently before. Oh, wait. Yeah. What does that mean? That's a riddle. You've seen it before, but you haven't seen it before. So Terrence Malick. Okay. Yeah. Made Voyage of Time. Oh. Ah, so you watched the second version. So there's two versions of this film, Voyage of Time, which is basically made up of all of the unused footage from the Tree of Life Weird Genesis, Genesis <laughs> sequence. Yeah. Oh, like this. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, right. Teaser? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Might come up. I don't know. Um, yeah. So the, the Genesis sequence in Tree of Life was such a huge undertaking. And he got Douglas Trumbull, the guy who did all the effects for Blade Runner in 2001 and stuff. And they did okay. like hours and hours and hours of footage of just you know, cells evolving and volcanoes erupting and stars being born and all this awesome stuff. What do you do with all of it? We got to do something. Let's make some documentaries, man. But you know what? I'm, I can't make up my mind if we should use a guy or a girl to well, narrate it. There's two different versions. It's kind of neat. I guess Brad Pitt is maybe God and maybe Kate Blanchett is Mother Earth or something like that. I don't know. Sounds weird, right? It is weird. Uh, I watched Voyage of Time, Life's Journey, which is the 90-minute version of the 45-minute edition, the IMAX version I saw last year at VIF. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And this is much better. Oh, cool. Stretched oh, really? out to a 90-minute thing. The, the strange thing here is it begins with GoPro footage. Really? Yeah. 
like so you, super HD. Shitty ass four by three GoPro footage. So the interesting thing about this movie, I think, is the effect Terrence Malick's going for. You've got these amazing Emmanuel Lubezki landscapes, like some of the most eye-watering imagery you'll ever see in a movie juxtaposed with GoPro footage. All of the modern human stuff is shot on a Motorola Razor, it looks like, what? basically. God, vertically. It just held? looks like shit. And I think that's the point. It's just, he's showing the hardships and struggles of modern humanity, and then it'll periodically, that's about 10%, 90% of the movie, it'll just keep cutting back to these like awe-inspiring shots of stars exploding and the or, earth being born or he ran out of money and then they had to <laughs> fill in the blanks with this footage it's 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 guys so, it'll be really artistic maybe maybe it's so sparsely used that it it feels so intentional for oh, some okay. reason i don't know why it's here but it's it seems to stand out really effectively from this imax Footage so, that is so astounding to look at. So, like it's this jarring when you cut to this. The juxtaposition. I, I hate to use that <laughs> it's word. It's a really bullshit word. But, but really, you're saying that that was like effective because yeah. I worry that seeing that the the GoPro would be. It's not like The Hobbit when they cut to that GoPro shot on the river when they're in the barrels. Like, it's what not is like it? that. Did I? Did I? Yeah, it's not like that. Fall asleep and wake up in the yeah, next no. movie. No, th- this is really effective. Uh, and and. For me, being a science nut and a nerd, I know exactly what Malik is going through. There's no dialogue aside from Kate Blanchett just periodically saying mother a bunch of times. What? Really? Yeah. Weird. And saying, you know, like, um, you know, do you hear me cry out? And are are my cries on deaf ears? Like just random nonsense that to be honest, I can just ignore. Um it it feels like just the strange thoughts stream of consciousness of some angel floating over the universe i don't know do you think you it's enough to ignore it's so sparsely used that you can just forget it could you play them at the same time do you think like does it work like that that might be interesting there t- there's 45 minutes and 90 minutes so they wouldn't match up oh, wow. um but as far as what is depicted in this movie i i, I eat all of this up you guys got to see this for me it's better than baraka better than Koyanis Katsi. I mean, this is Voyage of Time is my favorite sort of just abstract imagery based documentary. Um, and it, it just beginning with the Big Bang and then the formation of the Earth, lava, volcanoes, um, erosion of rock, and then the first cells evolving in little tidal pools and then crawling onto land and evolving into fucking dinosaurs and then the meteor coming like you, dinosaurs you get all of this there, so yeah yeah I it's, have two it's, questions i mean you got that in tree of life right there's yeah. a dinosaur sequence there right right that's true um who scored this um it's 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 multitudes of classical pieces oh, okay. i think strauss and stuff and cuz when you say it's better than Koyaniskatsi or or it's, those ones like Philip Glass is kicking some ass. Yeah, yeah. no, to me, I mean that's a big part of those. Yeah, uh, but to those me, classical th- heavyweights th- that you were just listing as this being... adds up to such a larger degree. I mean, those Koyaniskatsi and Baraka, they're a little more abstract, and and this this has like a ultimate beginning and end point. I mean, it's showing you the entire birth and death of the universe. And can I, you it, spoil it for us? Like, what does it uh, wrap up with? 
Uh, well, How does the universe end? Well, yeah. of course, unfortunately, the Earth gets cooked, and oh, the, Earth, the sun goes into some sort of red dwarf. Shoot. I think we're not going to go into a supernova. I don't think our sun is large enough for that. Oh, but, that's a relief. Yeah, but we're going to get a red dwarf, and the Earth's going to get cooked. And uh, but there's a really amazing like smash cut in this that blew my mind. We're so, in with early a, man. Um, I got a question: Is it a champagne supernova? No, it turns into? sorry, man. Uh, what, what, the, like there's this amazing it's almost on the level of uh <laughs> that was good um, almost on the level of tossing the bone into the air and then cutting to the spaceship in 2001 that was they're, right they're stealing ostrich eggs there's these early oh, okay uh early man kind of creatures i guess these neanderthal neanderthal hominid people stealing ostrich eggs and as they're sort of fucking around eating ostrich eggs we smash cut to fucking dubai Okay, that's Whoa. a and the giant burj, yeah, like just that hotel or the, the giant tower. spike. Yeah, we got the burj. Wow, Dubai, I guess. Burj. That place is tall. It's amazing. Yeah. And then right after, humanity's almost a little footnote in this. We make an appearance, and then we're out, and we get cooked alive. And, Blink of an eye. Yeah, and all that we're depicted in the movie really is uh, through some shitty Motorola. Razor. Razor footage. Maybe it was a crazer. <laughs> it, it, that would have been better, yeah. yeah. Voyage of Time, guys, is amazing. Okay, I want to see it. it five like five it. stars from me. It sounds like the movie is perfection. Malik saying, he's like, look, in all this perfection of existence, you guys can't even remember to turn your phone horizontally. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but it, it, it sounds really good. It's amazing. Despite the GoPro footage. And I where is it available it. to see? Uh, I found it at the library. At your local library. At your local library. Yeah. It's it's online. I'm sure it's on VOD everywhere and iTunes. Yeah. I know it is definitely on iTunes. So Okay, cool. Is it in 4K? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Library. Red's got it. Nice. Uh, there's a couple of news items before we wrap or we can move into our mother review. Now, you describe these as juicy, which got my mouth watering. Yeah, there's a... Well, we, last week after we talked about... Colin Trevoraro leaving. Trevor, Trevor, yeah. He is out on Star Wars Episode Eight. Get the yeah. fuck out of here, Get Colin. Get out of here. You know what? I was briefly, Trev. You know what? Trev. I was briefly attached to a Star Wars movie last week. Who for hasn't? 15 minutes. Yeah, who hasn't, right? J.J. Uh, Abrams is coming back. <sighs> we can all breathe a sigh of relief, I suppose. I just did. Yep. <sighs> I guess that feels good, doesn't it? I Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fine. It'll be okay. I'm actually really excited because he did a good job. We're good. It'll be yeah. back we're, on we're, track. We're gonna be good. Yeah. Ryan Johnson, we should be good there. The idea of giving the third part of this, the ninth part of this, actually, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Uh, to to just some d- dickhead uh, with the last name like Trevararo, you just can't do it. Trevor, you cannot, Trevaro? You cannot it's like Trevor responsibly tomorrow. do that. It's like taking Trevor and Tomorrow it's together. A joke. It, it should Trevoraro. Trevaro. It should not work. There's another piece of news. Uh, <laughs> Trevaro land. Did you, did you guys hear about the Blade Runner anime that's coming out? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bebop Cowboy or something? Yes. So Shinichiro Watanabe, the fucking dope as hell creator of Cowboy Bebop. And Samurai Champloo is making a Blade Runner anime. Let me just allow that to sink in. Got it. Um, that's awesome. Yep. A Blade Runner anime from Cowboy Bebop with um, like, will this be connected to the twenty forty nine? Yeah, yes. It's that's pre- so awesome. Yeah. Right? Would he have connected with um, 
our boy Danny. Yeah, they probably discussed this. Like, there's a giant. I'm thinking there's a larger. Cool. There's a larger scope of story at play here that they're all sharing. Can you imagine that meeting? I bet you there's a Bible. I bet you Denis Villeneuve wrote a Blade Runner Bible for the just think about those future of this universe. Two guys sitting down. I mean, maybe we'll get Blade Runner 2050. I don't fucking know. Or 2059. So I gotta ask you, are you gonna wait till you see Blade Runner to watch these things? 2249. Yeah. yeah, so you're gonna watch the Blade Runner 2049 and then watch these after. Yeah, right? I'm going completely radio silent on all the marketing for Blade Runner, and I suggest everyone do the same. Apparently, Ryan Johnson uh, has said to do that for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Don't don't watch anything that's going to come out. Apparently. I think from now on, yeah. for me, for all the big studio ones, like I was doing the Unsullied thing before for a while, and then I kind of caved. Yeah, you're watching Blade Runner trailers now. This no, I, you, you I, gave I, in, man. I've repressed that memory. I don't even know what it's about anymore, so uh, <laughs> don't remind me. Um, yeah, definitely trailers suck, Yeah, and you should just yeah. go see you, movies. You should just get excited about something and then see it. That's right. Because well, don't get into the marketing of something. I, was, just, I, yeah. I told Scott this last... Did I tell you this last week? The the time I realized trailers were kind of shitty was when I was so excited about Wes Anderson's Life Aquatic. And then there were so many... There was about 70 trailers that came up before Life Aquatic and so much pre-stuff. There was the that like short film before. And it was just... You'd seen the movie I would have avoided that, I probably would have had a better experience watching Life Aquatic because... I was I was kind of one of my least favorite ones. Um, I got to go back and watch it because I've forgotten about all the trailer. Oh, I, I, I think a lot trauma. of people trailer trauma. Yeah, people <laughs> people get I trailer like when they get trailer trauma. People obsessively remember scenes that they saw and and wait for them to come up in the movie. I can't stand it when somebody says, "Oh, that that scene wasn't in the movie." And it's like, who? Can, why are you? Are you watching the movie? Yeah, the legitimately trailer, waiting? the trailer wasn't the important part. Uh, yeah, exactly. Folks. J- just letting you know. Yeah, you're waiting for the scenes to come up that you've seen in the trailer. That's what this experience is to you. What are you doing? What is happening? Yeah, you're missing the point. Here. I want to write an article about the scene in the Rogue One trailer where Jin Erso's walking down that gangplank, and then the Tie Fighter rises up in front of her. Right, and it's not in the movie, but it was in the trailer. And people went like people go so crazy for that scene not being in the movie to the point where did you you know as you said did you even fucking watch this thing yeah you you, you miss it entirely yeah uh, guys uh, there's some stuff we have to do the house is looking like shit yeah but we're only gonna we write pl- in lowercase no the, the the walls are just dog shit right now you gotta put the plaster on it real plaster i can see a weird heart beating in the back of the wall yeah we should put some yellow pigment into the and you should also drink a tincture that same pigment we'll drink it so yeah a tincture in a bottle that's a hundred years old are you drinking plaster or something or are you plastering medicine jennifer lawrence does weird things in mother less weird than the other people in mother everybody does super weird things in mother like mother's weird can you please get off the counter it's not braced
Why don't you want kids? Excuse me? <laughs> I saw how you reacted earlier. I know what it's like when you're just starting out and you think you have all the time in the world. And, you know, you're not going to be so young forever. Have kids. Then you'll be creating something together. This is all just setting. So that was a clip from Mother. A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Damn. Yeah, that's all the movie's about. That That's that's about it. Yep. Super simple. Wrap it up. Mother is written and directed by Darren Aronofsky, and you've got Jennifer Lawrence, you've got Javier Bardem, Ed Harris... Michelle Pfeiffer, Brian Gleason, and Domhnall Gleason. The actual bo- brothers. The actual I didn't boys. realize it was Brian Gleason, too. Uh, it is. Yeah. So, as I'm looking at the casting here, Jennifer Lawrence plays mother. Javier Bardem plays him. Ed Harris plays man. Michelle Pfeiffer plays woman. So, so this kind of gives a little any, bit away. Anytime you got <laughs> characters just credited as him, her, he, she. I remember Antichrist. No, like even the capitals on there yeah, are important. Exactly. Antichrist, yeah. Antichrist had the same thing. You're working with some metaphorical shit when you have yeah. the characters just named man, woman, him, her. And you could you could overlook that at first, but by the time Javier says, I am I, you're like, okay. I, uh, There's some stuff. I think I know what's going on. Uh, so, Mother, what is this movie is really what everybody wants to know. Controversial. Aronofsky has a statement, essentially, that he put out to film festival goers and critics. We're given a document to well, read. Please regale us. I quote, It is a mad time to be alive. As the world population nears 8 billion, we face issues too serious to fathom. Ecosystems collapse as we witness extinction at an unprecedented rate. Migrant crises disrupt governments. A seemingly schizophrenic U.S. helps broker a landmark climate treaty and months later withdraws. Ancient tribal disputes and beliefs continue to drive war and division. The largest iceberg ever recorded breaks off an Antarctic ice shelf and drifts out to sea. At the same time, we face issues too ridiculous to comprehend. In South America, tourists twice kill rare baby dolphins that washed ashore, suffocating them in a frenzy of selfies. Politics resembles sporting events... People still starve to death, while others can order any meat they desire. As a species, our footprint is perilously unsustainable, yet we live in a state of denial about the outlook for our planet and our place on it. What? So that, I think... Uh, we can come sheds, back to that, it right? It sheds some light wow. on one of the... I we, think quiz, if there's three or four layers to this cake, but I think that comment shines a bright light on one of them. That's a weird thing to start your movie off with. And and he it's a bit of an alarmist take which I I don't always appreciate. I mean whenever somebody comes out with this perspective, I always want to remind everybody that we do live in the safest time in human history to be alive. 
with the amount of war and, and disease that we're experiencing right now. It's never been better. It's, it's actually never been better. So that always outweighs this fire and brimstone you can paint the world with. Yeah, chill, everybody. But that being said, this movie is crazy. Red, what did you think of Mother? Where do you begin? Do you like this movie? Is that even a reasonable question to ask? I don't know if it is. It's really hard to say. Um, like I was starting to say earlier, uh, I had an interesting task uh, on the way here. I was giving a ride to my sister-in-law, and she asked me, uh, hey, so what was that movie Mother about? Do you think you could tell me on the way to the Sky Train? So I tried. And failed. Well, I think I got... I think I got one layer. I think I got the like the ostensible, the the sort of surface, the shallow, you know. And I started to get into like I said the names Cain and Abel. That's kind of where we were at. Okay. And and she goes, "Oh, but you would have to know I you would have I don't I don't know about them." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah. Uh I guess not everybody would." But this movie's got a lot going on. It's. Do you like it? I. You know what? It's the kind of movie that I really like. So maybe I. I'm gonna reserve judgment until we finish our conversation because I like peeling back the layers of these onions, and I don't know if this is tasty or not, <laughs> if you will. It was definitely crazy and weird, and. I look forward to talking about it. Yeah, so do I. Sounds like you don't even know how to feel about this movie yet. I think I really like it. I think I do as well. Parts of it. Rob. Parts of it. You love this movie, I know. Okay, so, um, you know, I was trying to think of another word for enjoy because I didn't I didn't enjoy it, but it like there was something else that happened through my body and my brain and... It was, yeah, the word, like, you can't use the regular um, sort of um, platitudes you would for a movie. Like, if you go see, like, Shawshank Redemption, you're, like, you're punching the, your fist in the air. Um, I, yeah, was just, I was thinking, like, every artist kind of has their movie. Like, you know, you got Schizopolis, like, which was... Um, uh, Cronenberg. No, um, the... When what's his name? Oh, uh, that's Steven Soderbergh. Right? Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, yeah his yeah. movie, his reset movie, his like reboot. Like, and you got um, Radiohead did Kid A. Um, there was uh, every like you know musician filmmaker. They always have this sort of mid career sort of reboot, and uh, it's usually dramatic. It's usually pretty effed up. And this was, okay, from all the pre-press and all the stuff, I thought this was going to be like a, almost like a, like a sort of a slightly tweaking of the horror genre or like a really well done horror movie. It was definitely not that at all. It was like, I was completely unprepared yes. for what I was going to see. <laughs> that is a good uh, And it was like, um, description. what was um the key? Keen Peel movie this year. What's it? What's that? Get out. Get, get out. out. I thought yeah. it was gonna be like Get Out. It was that's complete. just Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm just sort <clears throat> of spacing here. But it was that was a tweak on a genre. This was a complete uh, flipped upside down and like punched in the head 
version. Like I felt like I my head was thrown in the toilet and they're flushing it for like two and a half hours or whatever it was. And then you're watching a horror movie in the background. It's it was like a it nightmare. Was, it was yeah, dream genuinely. logic the whole time. So yeah. um, it was, I felt like I was in a dream, but in a nightmare, you're not actually terrified. You're actually experiencing it. So you're, you're I wasn't scared, but I was, I was very disoriented and I was like, yeah, um, I just went through so much during this movie. So much. It's designed to fuck with the audience, isn't it? Absolutely. Disoriented and, is a great word. I but think. The, and, and you say that, and I and people who haven't seen the movie, and and you hear uh, you hear me say it's designed to fuck with its audience. I I mean that in the most like time doesn't make sense. No, no, no. It, space. It, it is meant to fuck with you. It is meant to annoy you. This movie is meant to piss, upset you, piss you off. There's the, the characters in this movie don't behave like real human beings. And they act and say completely irrational things that are meant to anger you and meant like there's a there's a point where uh, Jennifer Lawrence is wandering around her house, which she does in confusion for 95 percent of this thing. Yes, very confused. And a young man, some good looking man wanders up to her, has a drink in his hand and he says, like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? And then she confusingly says, no, I can't leave my house right now. And he says something like, well, fuck you, you cunt. Yeah. And and, and for no reason. Like, for no reason. Yeah. There's a bit more of an exchange, but yeah, that gets to the heart of it. Yeah. And so this movie is operating on a level uh, where every single thing that's happening is metaphorical. Yes. Right? No- yes. Nothing that happens in this movie actually happens at any point i have right? one gigantic question mark a b- bigger than anything else in this movie and i hope that you guys can help me with it what the fuck did they flush down the toilet was it a heart it was a heart <clears throat> or was it some type of a creature because like, like it because- burst it had to burst to go down and like what is that about no i think it's I, I mean, heart. I don't want to give too much away, but um, it, it ties into the ending a little bit. Does it? Because that happened. That's that's like the guy. It's that's... just the, the imagery of the heart. We see we see the imagery of a heart many many times throughout this film. Okay, uh, symbolizing love, I suppose, and the ultimate sacrifice that you can give to another person. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think know. Love is. I don't know where Central. to begin. I don't know where to begin on this thing. Well, one thing I had a problem with was like a home renovation problem. Is <laughs> when she was mixing up the um, the plaster. She's or, mixing or in different pigments to find yeah. out what color to plaster the wall. But she right? was she just kind of like was kind of like willy nilly sort of putting a bit of powder in there. How could she in a small bowl consistently too. recreate that? Yeah, like if you, she got a color she liked, how could she? She couldn't. Re- Consistent, and at that point she wouldn't in the movie, know the ratios. Yeah, yeah, the ratio. And at that point, I thought there's nothing real about this movie, and that's <laughs> yeah. the point where I was like, "We're not in reality." He, he anymore. jumped off board. That, we're that, not in reality, exactly. Because that strained believability, is an, right there, folks. This person is an expert home renovation person. This is not going on. <laughs> and right after that, she took a tincture and drank. This, she drank the same pig. Well, pig. and then that's when we get that imagery of her touching the wall the strange heartbeat of this house the house is, is alive i guess the house is alive is it um rob did you enjoy the film i would have to say i approve of the film <laughs> okay he approves <laughs> approve, of the I, film uh, 
I approve and I, I like that language. And I think that I would <laughs> find select people that I know that should see it. I approve other of people, it as well. Other people should run away from it as fast as possible. <laughs> I and not even this know. Film. Yeah, yeah. Th- and other people should not even know that it exists. I see a lot of stuff it, on. It will damage them. Yeah, exactly. Irreparably, I, big time. I see a lot of stuff on Letterbox where people are giving it like half a star and saying, "Oh God, burn this movie." Yeah, those people that walked out. Well, people don't have the capacity. Like you have to have. It is disgraceful. You have to be open. You it, have to be it open. Is, it it's is shocking. Dis- it is disgraceful, it's though. It's shocking. This, this movie is disgusting, and it is, it is deplorable. It is absolutely shocking in certain parts. How well, did Paramount find the balls to release this movie? Well, one thing I just came up with here. Okay, this is this movie is blasphemous, but I'm not talking in the in the sense of religion. Okay, it's like people that um, you know, pray to the temple of film it's blasphemy to those people who go the traditional like they love film and all the tropes and everything that makes film great if you go in there wanting to have a three-act structure you want to have uh character arcs you want to have all these things it tears down every single one of those things systematically and you are like i have nothing to hold on to therefore you are a piece of shit so it's is it postmodern so but I, I, I was saying this to Scott earlier. Like, postmodern is sixty years ago. Like, I mean, as far as film goes. So if people can't handle this, they're living in a pre nineteen fifty world. Like, I mean, that's been torn down to shreds. Like, we've had Jodorowsky, we have Louis yeah, Bunuel, we yeah. have uh, two thousand and one. You know, film has been metaphorical for a long time. Yeah. So folks. if you can't handle this, I mean, you you don't know your history. Uh, yeah. So in in this film the example here the metaphor being the entire world is this house right there's no driveway up to jennifer lawrence's beautiful cottage there's no sidewalk there's no neighborhood right it's it's, er, that's it everything that exists is this house that's creation right she's it's it's eden or something i don't know it is as far as so are we going to get into theories like right off the bat here? Because I, I mean, to explain what I think the house is, I have to tell you who I think the two residents are. Well, yeah, I mean, we can get there. Um, <clears throat> I want to at least start with the title card of the movie. Okay. Can, can we go there? It's tough because what it's the Bing to me. Mark Commode was talking about this. Yes. The exclamation point on mother. Bing. And that is the sound effect of the the bell, right? That That is... It is repeated throughout the film. Well, that's the doorbell or like the entrance it's bell. A, it when is, you, it's when a you, chime. I don't even know if it's affili- if it's associated with any one particular it is. thing. Anytime well, somebody comes, it to me, it's a symbol. It's very important. That sound effect is a metaphor for entry. That is somebody passing through a door into a like somebody coming into a house. So later on, does it start to just go? The whole theme of the movie is well, one of them, the the very initial top layer, the one that the film's advertised on, is this theme of un, uninvited guests coming into your premises, and the, and the film operates on that level. Most of the movie is about being afraid of your personal space being invaded. I, I feel like if you're if you're a claustrophobic person. Uh, if you are really possessive and you don't like people touching your shit, this movie is the worst possible thing you can ever watch. Because the whole time, it is just Jennifer Lawrence worried about how much 
all of her possessions and her beautiful home is being destroyed. But uh, like further to that, it's I think it's more specifically about Darren Aronofsky. There's the two sides of his personality. There's the side that is the creative side, which is the Javier Bardem, and the other side who is the practical, like trying to live your life as a normal human being, which is Jennifer Lawrence. And they're they're kind of like have this, you know, they're going back and forth to who has power. And then all the shit's coming in there, and one person looks at it one way, the Haver Barty, like, I love this, love this. And the other person, the practical, says, well, I can't live my life like this. I have to have a normal life. So it's the two people. One is like, I want to have a normal life as a human. I want to have a life as an artist. So it's the artist and the regular person trying to, like, fight it out. Yes, I think, That's this, what I think. this movie, one of the, another layer of the layer <laughs> There's cake. There's 50,000, so we'll, this yeah. will take some time. Is is this movie is about the artist as as creator and and how as an artist you create something and then you lose that thing you lose control of that thing once you are finished it creating becomes it becomes a an entity on, that you have no control over the baby goes out there it's part of the world now and people can <clears throat> react to it the house it, it's, it's mean, not a house, part of your control the there's there's you know yeah um but yeah, in, in terms of that Bing title card, th- that to me symbolizes just someone coming into your house. Um, the beginning of this movie, though, the whole, the first thing we see is, is that Rachel Weiss? Is that her face burning? You, you face was asked that, that yeah. like, is there, Who's did anybody it? check the credits? Because I don't. She's not in the credits, but th- so. this is, this would. definitely not Jennifer Lawrence. I was like. Well, no, and then we're oh, going to, we're going to talk about that. It's the person before. Well, no, we're not. That, this is. Please, Rob. <laughs> okay. Like, please. What I'm. Okay. My point here being <laughs> um, is that if it is Rachel Vice, then that just is to me really disturbing because That's I twisted, I yeah. hear that Jennifer Lawrence and Aronofsky are now an item, and his ex-wife is Rachel Vice. So, oh, if okay. if this film that is. Turns out to be some twisted look at Aronofsky's love life and 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 how he destroys the women, the, the relationship, he uses, abuses, and tosses out the women, and just keeps and keeps yeah. just yeah. The rest, the cycle nice goes song. on. That was good. Um, th- to me, that is very disturbing. However, the film begins with you were doing this on the break, and I loved it. The Anton Chigurh grin, placing a crystal. <laughs> the film. Tells you right away like, what you're working with is something Ooh. weird as fuck. Uh, this, it, that's the sound too, right? It's the same chime, isn't it? Yeah. The sound that the crystal makes when it goes ding into the... So we get a sweet shot of this dope looking crystal set into these weird little stand and then a burnt house. Like we watch it magically transform into... Back to... Tip top shape. Yeah, a, like a, a pristine... Adding like a... Like refilling up like with yeah, it, uh, the burn the burnt goes away we're rewinding yeah. something and and it goes it, it sort of peels down the hall it's like having it, a five-hour energy drink and and yeah we, you watch exactly. it to life. yeah 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 and the ashes come to life uh and then jennifer lawrence wakes up in the bed like you watch her of, yeah her arm up. her arm falls onto an empty side of the bed where you know where is my baby yeah, she's like baby Babe, what's up, honey? Uh, and, and and then then we get into the rest of the film, which is basically a camera stuffed into 
Jennifer Lawrence's forehead and eyebrows, and everyone else is yeah. shot standard, but Jennifer Lawrence is shot in super close up. What is the most claustrophobic close ups I can imagine? Like, I don't know how like, you can handle this just as an actor. Well, as a filmmaker, like, are you standing directly in front of her, just walking oh backwards? Uh, like, how do you film that? I mean, they just have longer lenses over. on her. Uh, but it's it's amazing the effect that this like the claustrophobic effect that we feel on Lawrence the entire time. It, it is good. Um, and we're cutting back to Javier. The porch sequence at the very beginning, I noticed, we're on her tight in her face, and then Bardem is covered in a standard. Shot. So we're cutting back and forth. We know something is bullshit right away here. Basically, things are not um, footings are not even. But the thing and about the sound, is- the sound design too, is what really starts fucking with me because the the creaking of the house and all the floorboards, it's so detailed, and the house sounds alive and just. <sighs> I just think if I see it again, I'm going to lock into it a lot sooner because it took me a while to lock into what was going on. And you're so disoriented before that point that you're like, uh, what, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, what's my, what's my role as a viewer? Yeah, yeah it's hard to know. When you find out what your role is as a viewer, then things start to make, uh, well, they don't make sense, but your body actually accustoms to what's going on and you're like, okay. I can handle this. You're, I know exactly. And you know what? I know for me, that moment did not happen until I saw Domino Gleason's forehead. <laughs> Why? Because there's some... Yeah, okay. Yeah, this movie okay. has so many levels. I, I don't even... We'll never have enough time to cover this shit. Um, but the the film truly begins when Javier Bardem lets Ed Harris into the house. Yeah, there's a knock at the door at a weird time. Uh, and we got a guest. Who could it be? Don't ever let Ed Harris into your house. It's just a bad idea. He's a doctor, isn't he? He's sketchy as fuck, He's no matter what. He's a doctor. What. The hospital, there's been a miscommunication. There's some heavy dry heaving, some heavy coughing. Don't smoke in the house, Ed, please. Yeah. He does it anyway, right? He, he attempts to. He's kind of yeah. mischievous. Um, we, like, whenever someone will smoke in your house when you tell them not to, that's a very yeah, bad It's pushing boundaries yeah. really, like, flagrantly. That's uh, bullshit. And so... During the night, Jennifer Lawrence hears the coughing getting out of control, and she comes into the bathroom and sees... He's been smoking, first of all. Ed Harris is lurching over the toilet. Javier Bardem, her husband, is... It's okay, I'll take care of him. He drank too much. Covering a strange wound along the side of Ed Harris's ribs. Yeah, what's that? What could that be? We might get into that in spoilers. I don't know. Next thing you know... I know what it is. Michelle Pfeiffer shows up at the door the next day. And you know, I thought it was interesting because Jennifer Lawrence is the one who answers the door for her. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if there's any sort of like duality happening there where like, you know... It's, like letting someone in? No, it's, it's the... The male lets the male and the female lets the female into the into the Garden of Eden. I don't know. I don't know. The garden well, the the garden is somewhere specific. Who knows? I have an idea about that, but I think you're right. It definitely speaks and, volumes that the male lets and the And Michelle male. Pfeiffer, she just looks like a drunk and she of course is one, right? She's like an emotional yeah. She's hammered. unpredictable. She's fucking hammered. These are the worst house guests ever, basically. Um and I thought another interesting moment was when Jennifer Lawrence hides the lighter, right? She doesn't want Ed Harris smoking. 
Yeah, she, she flicks it off the table. Flicks but it like, behind. Does it, does it go like into the wall? I don't know what happens. You you recover it later. Yeah. I thought it went into the wall. And she does a similar thing with Michelle Pfeiffer's sweet little underwear. She threw that behind she the threw, washing machine. In the same way she's sort of disposing of their vices. I, I don't know if that has well, anything. I think um, Miss, like Michelle Pfeiffer is vice. That's what her character represents is vice well they're in both indulgent right like yeah i think we should probably get into spoilers here yeah we have to the ultimate indulgence here would be picking the apple and eating not an apple it's a crystal the fruit it's not an apple anywhere ever it's a fruit. The fruit of Eden being picked here is the crystal. The fruit and, of the tree of knowledge and knew, of good and evil. Javier Bardem explains that this crystal is the most important thing in the whole world to me. And this is, from my previous love, this crystal. It's all I have left. All I have left of I my... I lost everything. Of, of my previous lover. Uh, the house burned to the ground and this was all that was left. And I thought, that's a cool... You know, that happens. Metaphor. But yeah. that happens in, in fires. Like, there's glass that's melted down from yeah, the yeah. bottoms of these foundations and stuff. Like, lightning strikes turn crazy things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the moment you hear that up in the study, and you know. What have oh, they done? Ed Harris and fucking Pfeiffer. You guys have been, you drunk fucks. You idiots. You gone done break the crystal. You're in where you're not supposed to be. And so you know that that's bad. And Javier Bardem's reaction just amplifies this, where he's... He loses it. He's squeezing these shards. Broken shards of crystal. We've all been there. (laughs) Love it. Love it. We've all been there, squeezing the shards of our loved ones. Uh, Yeah. Hearts. (laughs) But I thought it was interesting, inviting these guests into the home and inviting their family problems, right? These Cain and Abel showing up. As yes. their sons, this this. So so far, we we have to establish, I guess. Then, my theory, anyways, is that the the house is creation, and that Eden. Well, no, I think that the office specifically is Eden. Is Eden okay? I think the house is creation, and I think that uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem are the male and female aspects of the Christian God, and yeah. I think that when. Um, the man shows up, he is Adam and the wound has happened because they've taken out a rib, Adam's and, rib and the next day Eve, Eve shows up. That, that has, oh, that's very wow. obvious, right? Like that has, that has got to be right. And, and I knew this because when the sons come, the brothers are fighting and the one brother kills the other brother with blows to the head, but he's marked by God, right? So right after the one brother kills the other. Javier Bardem grabs him and says, what have you done to your brother? Which I think is probably, you could find that quoted in like maybe the King James or like the new revised standard version. And he, and he like smashes him into the mantle and a glass cuts his forehead. And later when we see him again, he has this big mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, the mark of Cain. So right off, as soon as I see Domhnall Gleeson's forehead, I'm going, okay, this is all biblical allegory. But the, again, there's there's multiple layers happening here because that, that's that, not the only thing going it, exactly. on. Exactly yeah. that strange Genesis, the retelling. In, in, well, that's in this, not Genesis. That's in, the whole in, new, uh, like Old Testament. Yeah, but in the same way that Noah was uh, sort of the book of Revel, uh, 
Was it Book of Revelation? No, no, that's the last book. So Noah being a a retelling of old religious tales in the same way that this is a strange retelling, but that isn't just the same thing. Like, that's not all that's going on because we also have some weird telltale heart shit happening with Edgar Allan Poe like that's what this feels like right there's there's a a heart underneath the house or the floorboards are essentially ticking and driving Jennifer Lawrence mad I mean that has to be some sort of connection well is it like a is it a heart hardening it it is growing more like blackening and and, yeah and darkening and and just yeah, it's hardening and shrinking and solidifying. I think as Jennifer Lawrence is is sacrificing more of herself and giving more of her heart to to Javier Bardem with nothing in return, it's it's slowly dying as a result. I still am. This is the one of the things that I'm unclear on. Like this is because throughout the film, she'll sort of go very close to a wall or some fixture in the home and put her hand on it. And it'll zoom in on her hand and really a close, close shot on her eyes. And then she'll see this pulsating heart that's shriveling her, and that's blackening. Her own, that's her own heart, right? If, if you're saying that the entire house is, is creation. creation and, and is, she's, the she's feminine, Mother Earth. She, she is, I'm not saying she's Mother Earth. I think she's the feminine aspect of God. Okay. I think, no, I think Javier Bardem is the... So she's like the emotional, I think she represents creative, like literally like like pollution and climate change like if you want to be honest like that that blackened heart is the core of the earth that we are poisoning the the, the rotten core of the earth that we have done all this damage to it's just and yeah she's it's like just, uh yeah, yeah. pro development she's pro construction and just building she and, wants to rebuild her she, she wants to yeah i yeah. i agree with you that that heart representing is is representing then like the earth and the destruction of that but i don't think it's her heart i think that that's her being attuned to the to the like needs and the destruction of our earth because she she's is a, a loving feminine, caring, caring figure exactly yeah, yeah. because she's feminine, got that okay, element okay. Of, of her as uh, opposed to the more masculine destructive impulsive uh egotistical um, like uh, very narcissistic, egotistical. So then, this is when the population of humanity, I guess you could argue, explodes out, right? So well, Cain, not Cain, quite. Cain and Abel die. When, then we have this funeral. Yeah, that, there's a there's a battle. Then there's the funeral. Well, basically, at at this point, we have only four characters, and then we've added six. Right? Just wait. Um, we have we. we you with me? We have four characters. Yes. Right? And we've added Cain and Abel to have six. They have fled. Now we bring back the rest of humanity, I guess? Or the, the small early man coming from... The, so now we introduce random characters that we don't ever get to really know. And these are the people who attend the funeral wake. And in my view, these are the first descendants of Adam and Eve, I guess, if you want to think of totally, it. Totally, the descendants spreading across the earth, right? We, we start small. Exactly, we start small. If, if all of the earth is just this house and the surrounding... Jennifer Lawrence never even steps off the front fucking porch. So I don't even think you can yeah. even go on the grass, right? The grass is, doesn't, is non-existent. The so whole maybe, world is this house. Does that mean that the the feminine aspect is the physical and the masculine can be the abstract? 
or the I don't psychological. No, I think in because he sometimes is gone too, right? Like we never leave her, but he seems to be sometimes like God can God can. God can but she's in, initiate also God, creation right? and leave it as we've established God he, can she, God can create something and then it's it's out in the world now it is the world's to share Javier Bardem even says this right take what you want this is all of yours to share right mm-hmm. like the, the world is a gift and that is why humanity is is busting up beating up the whole fucking world is because People have been told by God that the earth is a gift to them well, to be used and to be, you know, chewed up and spat out. The one guy who's ripping out a pipe or whatever says, like, so people will know, or th- so they'll believe we were here. Yeah. That's yeah. That's crazy. What does that mean? Is that, the, I think that's the, like to say what people think, you know? Like, I want to make my mark on the world. Yeah. Everybody wants to build their own thing and like some sort of terrorist. Just like suicide bomber, like I want to make my mark in history, yeah. kind of. Um, and and this is when the the nature of reality starts breaking down, and the logic of the yeah, movie during the, fu- during the funeral. Yeah, basically. Th- th- that's when people are sitting on the A counter sink that this, hasn't been braced. Don't Jennifer, sit on there. She's made it clear that it's not braced. No, yet. I know this is a Keep big point you. for her. It's one of her bugaboos. Yeah, don't don't sit on it. It's don't not braced. Sit on it. yeah. And the, and the people. In the shot, like she'll say to them, "Don't sit on it," and then she At turns around, listen. and they're right back on it. So this, to me, I've had nightmares where people are not listening to you, and you're wandering around a bizarre social situation where nobody is acting in in it's the correct all way. Unexpected behaviors. Don't smoke in my house. It's very unsettling. You know, like until these people like start that. bouncing, and then reality just unravels. And well, that's when when the sink bursts. Everybody get the fuck out. The funeral wakes over. And then that night, we got, I guess, the Immaculate Conception. It is, and I'll tell you why it's the Immaculate Conception. So she confronts Javier Bardem, she right? She can't fuck me. She's like... You can't put it in yeah, me. You can't, you, you can't get it you up. You want kids, you want to create, but you can't even fuck me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can. But then before they fuck, we they wake up. Like, we don't ever see any coitus. So... That in itself, immaculate conception. And she just says it. She just says, go. "I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant." And by and by <laughs> doing so, she now is. I suppose. I mean, uh, how could you know? Yeah. And and he is. I just very, do. He, he's, he's very happy, but he's more. He's more overjoyed because he's now free to allow. Like his creative passion is That's now unleashed. exploding yeah. yeah he is now getting hit with lightning bolts of creativity he says all the emotions that he experienced over the last what like 12 however well i don't want to say hours because time doesn't make sense in this weird house but well, yeah but whatever in, in, just happened who knows how long yeah it's kind of like ghost story you guys haven't seen that yet that i haven't seen it time progresses in a similar way where you might just you turn your shoulder and a year passes just from looking on one side yeah, of the room time to the this, other. In this movie is very unsettling and nightmarish. But in in creating life here, Javier Bardem is able to now create his. He can write his art, right? So or whatever. This is where the Darinovsky, I think, comes in. And yeah, and this is where he is putting himself into his work. Yeah, the the, the symbolic nature of creation of creation of of art. Is is now being tied in with like the creation of the universe and the creation of like life of procreation, 
I don't know where one metaphor ends and the next one begins. It's very well because he writes something. And it's 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 like these weird squares of parchment, and like obviously there's like handwritten. Well, I mean, the amazing thing is like in this world. You can write one page of a poem, and then it can be a huge success. I wish you could do that. Yeah, like go like it's yeah, almost like it was a that universal acclaim. It's almost I, like a single, like a a song. You know, you you could put a poem out, and then like everyone reads it, like within I, minutes. I, I think what Aronofsky is trying to do here, though, is say something along the lines of uh, like spawning children is for for Javier Bardem's character for God is simply a means of inspiration right i have writer's block because i haven't i'm not able to create anything right like he's feeling held back because he doesn't have this creative power well because he hasn't experienced anything and now that he has this new exactly life experience he can write about it. it reminds me of eddie vetter being in his giant mansion and not knowing what to write a song about so let me just go live in a van down by the river. So this this movie is also on... If we're on metaphorical layer number 765, uh, this movie is also about creative inspiration, right? As as we've kind of alluded to as well. Like, yeah. what inspires you to, to want to get off your ass and make something beautiful, right? Is, is that the idea? What... What motivated God to make the universe in the first place, right? Maybe he had writer's block, didn't know That's what to create. Good, I he, like that question. God, God what motivated is si- God? He's sitting there on his ass, doesn't know what to make. What motivated him to spark the universe into existence? Where did that inspiration come from? And you know what it says? It actually answers that. It's saying that the inspiration and the motivation and the the spark for creation is the feminine aspect because it came from Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, and, and in this twisted movie god is torturing his female victims in in in, in every way possible to no, to refine again, I, his his artistic like his his inspiration comes at the expense of all of these relationships and I he disagree just, with he you. just he literally demands that his his relationship his the women he's with tear their hearts out and and physically she says I've given you everything. What else is there left for me to give? Mm-hmm. Right? And that, like you literally have to tear your heart out physically for me. But this is where I disagree with you. I, I, I'm almost 100% agree with you. But what, where I think we diverge is, is that this Have Your Bardem character cannot be who he is. He cannot have the power he does without the, the, the crystal, right? Like, his power comes from that, right? Which means that his power is from the woman, which means that the woman and he are both... No, it's love. His inspiration comes from love. Like, the heart crystallizes Robert. But it's to do with the feminine. He- the feminine... Like, that's all about the feminine aspect of God. He's the... I, I, I fully believe that this is about two sides to one God. I think that Jennifer Lawrence is God as much as Javier Bardem is. And I think that... No. As the, although that later we have another female well, role at the end, I think she is as much God. There's two things going on here. Is like, one is, like, I can look at it as a creator... And what it takes to be a creative being, but he's also throwing the 
uh, religious, um, like he's the relig- He's tying them together. Like it's almost like he's he writes his scripture. Right as soon as he creates life, he is now well, able to write a no, scripture. No, she creates life. He writes scripture. Yeah. So his creation here, instead of a baby, is is the wor- is his word and his his dialogue and his scripture, which creates his followers immediately. So I'm not going to try and disagree with you, but I'm going to try and show how I align with you as you, as you make your points for sure. But I think that, uh, it's almost like, uh, Kanye West wrote this because you know how he thinks he's God and he's a creator (laughs) and he's also just an artist. I think Darren Arnofsky is saying, I'm an artist, but I'm also a God. By create like he's, yeah because I create things. and then give things away yeah, to you I mean, people. Okay, I so, am a god. Best cameo in film history. Kristen Wiig shows up here. Yeah, out of nowhere. Love it. Kristen Wiig all Love over it. the place. Perfect publicist. Perfect book publicist. Are you kidding me? This is great. Rolls under the spot scene. on. And then when she's icing the dissidents, I guess are these the people who disagree with his. The word of God the critics, or something? Maybe the critics. Are these exactly yeah, are it's these, the Crusades? Are these the people who gave an F cinema score to Mother? That okay, so let's actually ice? figure this out. What who, is happening when this film starts going off the rails? So, in, in my opinion, I think we're seeing the history of of the world being played out in the like house, condensed in a microcosm for sure. But but I want to unpack that scene because that's pretty heavy. Actually, we get the the book agent or the writer agent to have your bar down. The house turns into a prison of some kind. And yes, one all room of, is a prison. Again, all of humanity lives in the house. People are ripping shit out of some rooms. Like it's just devastation and chaos and mayhem. But but is it really agent going is off walking the rails through at that a room? Time? I don't think it's going off the rails. I think it's. It is going on the rails at that point. It's actually that's where it wants to go. It's that that, that is controlled chaos right there. Fuck. It's but, it's terrible. So, anyways, Kristen Wiig is shooting bound and gagged prisoners who are face down. They're on the floor. She's shooting them two at a time in the head, like execution style. What does that represent? Because she's the agent of the writer. So this is someone who's responsible for disseminating the work. To me, right? this... So this is like an apostle or something? To, to me, this is just showing religious... The church? Vi- religious violence, yeah. The, the church... Violence in the name of religion? Yeah. I think it's, it's probably as, as simple and basic as that. Is I like it. People are killed in the name of God, and that's yeah, kind of a simple... you don't agree with what... Uh, the scriptures are saying. Yeah, I yeah. think that's pretty much and that's it. that's like officially sanctioned as opposed to the sort of mass unruly beating that she receives Which, later. Yeah. Most of this movie, you're f- so frustrated with how, how, just Javier Bardem just doesn't give a shit about any of this and he's how so it impacts Jennifer Lawrence, right? Egocentric. Like, he's and completely just... oblivious to how Jennifer Lawrence would, would hate any of his actions and how this would, you know, just be such an inappropriate thing to do and it that just builds and builds and builds until he has this giant stream of followers that are acting in completely insane ways uh to the point where they're beating the shit out of a fully pregnant jennifer lawrence right and that those scenes are really hard to watch they are and that's when people were leaving my part some of when people were leaving my theater but to me it, it's a really interesting I'll go back to the like male and female aspect because <laughs> the 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 idea that their streams of followers are pouring in and they're worshiping him and they're missing her and as a result their behaviors and their 
their choices are all fucked up and they they end up beating her and they do other things that we're going to talk about very soon, I'm sure. Well, yes, the birth sequence uh, happens in the Garden Garden of Eden, yes, I guess, right? Yes, um, And there's this game of chicken that Bardem and who's Jennifer fall Lawrence asleep play. or what? Yeah, and, and you know he's not going anywhere. And no, she, she doesn't and sleep. She ducks out for half a second. Baby's gone. And by the time she catches him to get him back, he's out the door to the office and he doesn't even have the baby anymore. And in the, probably the most shocking sequence in 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 the theatrical film I can maybe recall <sighs> since maybe Requiem for a Dream, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, there's since a moment. Since Ass to Ass. There's definitely a moment. There's an Ass to Ass moment in Mother, and it involves a baby just being passed around. Like, in faster and faster, and more and more are you concerned. Like, well, Jennifer Jennifer's Lawrence at a Van Halen concert. Yeah, she's the, chasing um, the baby, right? Kill your darlings uh, yeah. moment. Yeah, it's crowd surfing baby gets its neck broken. And then this is when you, it's the nightmare logic is before Jennifer Lawrence can get to the front of the crowd, the baby has already been dismembered, dismembered and, and, and they're consumed. already consumed. Yeah. The, the whole crowd is eating small pieces of. Of her newborn baby. The flesh of my flesh. Welcome to mother, blood everybody. Of my blood. Uh, I noticed before this was happening, the baby's pissing all over the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Just out A of frightened baby. Out of would, fear. Would piss everywhere. And this is followed by... Do this in memory of me? This is suicide time after this, right? It's just, this is clearly just driven Jennifer Lawrence to the point of suicide. And now we get to well find out what is happening with this boiler room, which we've been hinting at, which I thought was such a brilliant way to get to this clue where we have this gross, bloody spot on the floorboards, this telltale heart thing that's leaking down into a light bulb, which then bursts and splatters the blood down the Over wall. Over the doorway, this which weird, then creepy doorway. Yeah, outlines where it's just that's such a beautiful, just that's film language happening. Now, is this hell? Is this the like, is this hellfire in the pits of hell? Because I, if it is, I have a, a, I a kind guess. of a gripe with it because hell is not really a part of, like, it's not in the Bible. Mm, there's a frog in there, so I don't know what the frog has to do with. Yes, there is a frog in that's there. That's Exodus. Is that Exodus? That could be that's that could Magnolia. Be, I'm thinking no, that of. could be a reference to uh, the serpent from uh, Revelation, maybe. So there's the frog definitely has something to do with some biblical. Yeah, I don't know my plain raining, raining frogs, maybe something, right? Um, but the, she that's, sets herself on fire, and then we the circle back thing. to the the film language Restart. here. Start. And we get this burned out Jennifer Lawrence lying. It's like a final deathbed conversation between. I've given you everything. I made you the sweetest oyster dinners and you didn't even give a shit. And your followers were way more important than I ever was. You didn't even love me. You just loved how much I loved you. I have nothing to give you except for this, except for my heart. Do you want to just, do you want to just temple of doom my ass? Wait, before this (laughs) and before the heart thing though. This is when the naming comes in and he says, I am I, mm-hmm. which is like straight biblical, like when that's, but what does he say? He says, and you are, what does he say? I can't remember. I can't remember I've been either. trying to. Did he say mother or I don't not? think he's, no, no. I think no, he says, I am I. Woman? He definitely said, I am I. And then he said, and you are. But for me, this the film language here is so perfect when it all comes circling back to 
the crystal. So because I didn't see this coming, I don't know if you guys did. I didn't. This no. fucked my head up, yeah. and it and it. To me, I I'm I'm a big fan of when a movie makes poetic sense and not logical sense. So it might not have to make any sense in 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 any logical way to no, me. No, it makes so much sense. But if it makes sense in in if it balances itself in this beautiful poetic way, then I'm perfectly okay with that. And and the and the way that Javier Bardem pulls out Jennifer Lawrence's heart, she dissolves into this ash, and then. I'm waiting to see what he does with his heart, and the heart crumbles into a crystal that he walks right over, and he smiles and places it back into the fucking holster, and the house resets. Yep. And the the icing on the cake is when the film comes back to the bed, and who wakes up but not Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, some new girl. Yeah. Darren Aronofsky's next wife. Yeah. <laughs> is he actually going to marry this chick? But here's why I think this fits, Scott, because... Um, love it. So do love you know the, why it's... Love the crystal. Do you know why Fucking it's not... love it. So you called it an apple earlier, and it's actually not an apple. Do you know what it is? It's a fruit. Right. It's the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So if we go back to the idea of the male and female and the knowledge of good and evil... And we kept thinking, you mentioned earlier that Javier Bardem acts throughout the film like he never gives a shit. He doesn't understand the difference between good and evil. He's just this power-based... He's the old evil god. Yeah, he's the Old Testament, just impulsive, ready to... And and she's the more sensitive, tender, and she has that understanding. She has that knowledge of good and evil. See, to me... That is the heart of her. Here's why she is not... This why this is why it's not the ma- masculine and feminine side of God. Javier Bardem represents God, and Jennifer Lawrence represents Mother Earth and creation itself and existence and and reality. The idea that he's resetting the world is God wiping the slate clean, starting a whole new universe over again. Right? To me, the yes, these, I, these, I agree this, with this, that. The, the the idea of putting this crystal back in its holster resetting the universe and a new mother earth coming in that that is the idea of of perhaps a new big bang if you will the the god uh, starting a new genesis right armageddon and and purging the entire universe and completely wiping everything out and starting fresh but it's not everything it's the it's it it's the seed of the female it's always the male with the female going through. Although we get a different face, fucked. It's always a female. It's not like there's a dude waking up in that bed, right? It's a female. Well, it's 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 his inspiration. It's it's God's inspiration. Yeah, getting getting crystallized down into this essence. It of, is love. Yeah, to me, it, it, love equals. They say God is love, right? I, I think I might have said it earlier. It's what inspired God to get off his ass and create the earth. And, and it was probably, he, he, he fell in love with a cute blonde girl, but he kept remaking her because he's a sick bastard. No, I think. Keeps doing it over and over for eternity. I think she's already. We, we, we got to go. We, we got to go, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. I can finish your point. It. I know we well, could. I, because I think she is the creative one. She's the one that's already working. She's putting stuff on the walls. Right. She's yeah. doing the work. He's the one that's I can't. I can't. And she doesn't he doesn't do anything to create until she invites him to fuck her. And it's only then that she creates 
a child and he writes something on a square of paper that we never get to read. We're going to have to do another review of this in, yeah. a, in a year. We have to come back. <laughs> uh, Red, what, we get to think about it. Yeah. What are you giving this out of 10? Um, so I was asked this earlier and I think it might have bumped up a little bit. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm at it like eight and a half. Mm. Yeah, one. that's that's what I'm giving it as well. Uh, I wish I could give it a nine, but it's too nebulous, nebulous and grotesque and offensive. Yeah, um, it's black. Yeah, this is it's not a movie, this is not a movie that I think I will ever watch again in my life. I'm going to. I think I want to because it's so mind blowing and mind fuckery and bold and incredible. It takes some risks. It it is a hard watch. It's a single black diamond, not a double. Yeah, cuz you know that's there's but that more neck, going on. That neck break scene is horrible. Really, really. Uh eight and a half for me, Rob. I'm going to give it an 8. Like it's either you give this a 1 or an 8. Yeah. And it's, no one is I mean, in eh, it was a, whatever. Yeah, there, eh, no, I don't think anyone kind of forgettable. It, no one could give See? this a 5. Yeah, there's kind a, of a forgettable flick to be honest. So you got to even go you go hard one way or hard the other way. And I would Just say your average baby eating movie. I would say 8. So I mean if there was if it it did something truly other truly despicable disgusting things I might have given an 8.5 but it um it's uh, this movie is I will never forget this movie. No. It is unforgettable. That exclamation it, mark. Over time, my my rating may go up, but right now it's an eight. But. You should set that as your like ringtone on your phone. That <sighs> ting. Oh no, that's give you chills forever, man. Nightmares. Oh. Uh, that's our review of Mother, ladies and gentlemen. If you see the movie and agree or disagree with our takes, just let us know how how many Fs you give it. Pretty much. <laughs> Or yep. at what point you walked out of the I'm, movie. I'm ready to go to bat for this movie, though. You know, if somebody says they hate it, I, I'm willing to let them have that opinion. But I... I got I'm, some books for them to read. I'm some, not, like, books I'm, of the Bible, that is. I'm not going to let yeah. you talk me out of thinking this movie's awesome. Yeah, this this Bloomin' Onion is great, Mike. Uh, next week on the show, we are reviewing Kingsman, The Golden Shower. <laughs> the Sorry. Vertical Circle. Nice. Kingsman, The Golden Circle... Starring everybody, like, not and Elton John. Yeah, not really excited for this one, but here we go. I think it could be good. I think people are. This one might make a killing. I think this might be Pe- a big hit. People seem to remember the last one as being good. Yeah, yeah. This could be a big, offensive, you know, loud, obnoxious. They could crowd ruin, pleaser. They could ruin the franchise. It's we'll already. See. We never know. It's already ruined, man. Uh, where can we find you guys on the internet? I'm on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. And you're I, Rob Salit, right? I'm at Rob Salit on um, the various various things, and I'm at Rube Lubner other things. Oh, you just got to try each one. Yeah, like there's Google. an Instagram. I think I'm at Rob Salit. Okay, and, uh, I get it. Twitter, I'm at at Rube Lubner, and Rube Lubner is actually spelled R U B E L U B E N E R. Oh, that's easy. I'm at Scott Wilson BC with two L's. Nice. Uh, you can follow the show at Vertical Viewing. Verticalviewing.com is where the PayPal link lives. Please consider. Yeah. Thank you, Sabin. We're probably saying his name wrong. Sabin? Sabin. 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 Well, I'd have to see the Hangul. S E B I N. Lucky number Sabin. Write write the Hangul, bro. Hangul Mal. Thank you for your donation, Sabin. Thank you to Martin. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to Joseph. Uh, Thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, yeah. Fidel as well. Thank you for his contribution on Clockwork Orange. Pimps, pimps, pimps. Go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Be a pimp. 
Sign up to become a pimp. <laughs> Hydrogen, helium, or lithium level subscriber at the rate of one, two, or three dollars per month. Do Help that. us keep the lights on, offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, slicing out a piece of the internet, putting it into a little internet pie, sticking it in your ears. It's tasty. It really is. Like we said, verticalviewing.com, all of the fun stuff, iTunes, Google Play Music. Give us a rating, please. Yeah, all the stars. Tell us what's good in the grilled cheese world. Whatever on, you like. On iTunes, please. Uh, Red, what are your final thoughts here? Oh, you what put are me, they? you're putting me on the spot. I, know, I didn't I know, know we were doing this anymore. I but I Mother, um, what's vertical about Mother? Nothing. Um, the opinion of people who walked out... It just dropped vertically. 